It's been a week all about video. Monday was about using Facebook Live to grow your brand. And Tuesday, I blatantly said, time to get over yourself when it comes to getting in front of the camera. Should you do it or should you not take the chance? Ed has a different opinion than mine in some regards. But today, we're going to talk with an expert in the field of video, Nick Nimmin, who will hopefully put to bed this debate on this ingredient episode of The Business Buffet. We have all wondered, what are the ups and downs of different types of businesses? As business owners, we've even wondered if starting another business is the best option. Business Buffet Ingredients is meant to give you a taste for what it takes to start and successfully run a business. We'll reach out into the world of business and interview success stories and present them on our smorgasbord of business helping options. Strap in and get ready to taste the finer business points. Welcome to another Ingredients episode of The Business Buffet. I'm Phil Anderson, and after some debate and lively discussion between Ed and I this week about small businesses using video, we're going to let the expert talk. Nick Nimmin is a YouTube certified influencer and speaker that helps people learn and leverage the power of online video. He is also the host of the Comments Over Coffee podcast. Now, Nick is a serial entrepreneur in one form or another. He's been self-employed since he was 19. He had a door-to-door marketing company for 10 years, a commercial janitorial service for three, and I have had one of those as well, so I know all about that, and as well as an advertising agency and a graphic design service, just to name a few. All of those experiences led him to the wide world of internet marketing, consulting, public speaking, and digital content production which are his current areas of focus. In a nutshell, Nick loves what he does. He is YouTube certified and has been on YouTube actively since 2014. Over that time, he's helped countless others grow their presence online through his content as well as through his consulting service. Nick also owns tubertools.com where creators can get video graphics and more for their videos. Now, when it comes to the world of YouTube, Nick is actually quite well known. He has spoken all over the world, including for the past two years at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego. In fact, that's the last time he and I talked. He gives YouTubers easy to use tools to keep people watching their videos to the very end. Isn't that what we all want? He is the king of YouTube video ideas to help small business owners around the globe grow their YouTube channel by getting more subscribers and views. If you're a YouTuber, a business owner, or a hobbyist who is interested in making online videos, you should look no further than Nick Nimmin. And with that said, all the way from Thailand, let's say hello to Nick Nimmin. Nick, how's it going? It's going fantastic, Phil. No complaints on my end. I'm happy to be on the show today. Happy to share uh, what I know about YouTube. You know, like YouTube is a is this big, there's this big spotlight on YouTube and online video in general of, you know, hey, you got to be on YouTube, you got to be making videos online. And I just want to get to the bottom of that with you today and talk about how, you know, your, your listeners can use online video to help bring more exposure to what it is that they're doing and get more leads and more sales and all the stuff that everybody wants from, uh, from you know, being a, a business owner. 
Exactly. But, you know, first question right off the bat is not even business related. What in the world brought you to Thailand? And I can't even <laughs> pronounce the, the city that you're in. So I'm in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And the thing that brought me here um, originally was my brother was already here. I'd gotten out of a relationship and he said, hey, if you can take 30 days and come over and hang out, then I will pay for an all expense paid trip. And you can come over and just kind of, you know, refresh your mind and then go back and do whatever it is that you're doing over there. So I'm like, okay, I'm in. So uh, we booked the plane ticket. I came over and right out of the gate within a few days, I was like, wow, this is incredible. He was already working online at the no time. Way. <laughs> yeah, right. And he was already working online at the time. He had a, um, he had a, a media company where he's doing like video editing for people and that sort of thing. And it was old school where you'd have to like send hard drives over because it took too long right. on the internet. But they'd send hard drives over and then he'd edit everything up, put it back on a hard drive, send it back, that sort of thing. Um, but at the time, because of the businesses that I had in the States, there was no way that I could stay. So he told me, he's like, hey, if you want to get into what it is that I'm doing and try your hand at working online and, and all of that, then I can mentor you and show you how to get clients and all that stuff using the internet. And of course, I was interested because I wanted to, you know, live this lifestyle. So um, I came back to the States and he mentored me online um, through the process of getting, you know, some initial customers and uh, basically offering a design service. And I started doing freelance design. At that point in time, one thing led to another, um, ended up getting a strong enough client base from doing that, that I was able to get rid of the other things that I was doing at the time, which were still the uh, janitorial service and the door-to-door um, -door marketing company. Got rid of right. those, packed my bags, and uh, there were a few other steps involved with that, but basically packed my bags and uh, moved over to Thailand. And I've been and here 13 years now. That. Wow, yeah. good for you. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, so let's get down to business then. Should our listeners and small business owners be using at the very minimum short form video? And if so, why? I really think so. And the reason that I think so is because there's something called parasocial relationships and parasocial relationships are basically one-sided relationships. And when you apply that concept to Hollywood, which is where the idea first came from, if you think of your favorite TV show and you think of your favorite character in that TV show, you know when that person walks into the room, what's going to happen. Like let's say Kramer, for example, you know when Kramer walks in, you know certain things that are gonna happen, you know it's gonna be a good time and there's gonna be a lot of personality added to those moments. So, I'm already laughing thinking about it, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so you get to know from watching those, those characters over and over again, you get to know the nuances of their personality. You start to feel, hey, I know this character. I know what to expect from this character. I, I know what's going on with this character. And you start to develop that connection with them. The, and basically the overflow of that is when Hollywood actors are walking around on the street, people will come up to them and they'll address them as the character or they'll expect them to act like that character because that's, that's what right. they've gotten to know them as through that one-sided relationship. Now in Hollywood, we typically watch things from a fly on the wall perspective. So we're kind of watching things happen between other people, but we're not really involved. But on YouTube, that whole thing gets intensified because content creators, if you're a business owner or if you're somebody that's making gaming videos, you're, you're talking directly to the people that are watching your content. So the really cool thing that happens there is you are making videos and through the people that are watching your videos and they keep coming back over and over again and watching what it is that you're doing, you start to develop this relationship or they start to develop this relationship with you to where you're not even having interactions with them, but they start to feel like they know you. 
And when it right. comes to selling things, especially selling things online and generating business through the internet, everybody's familiar with the no license, like and trust factor and how important that is when it comes to generating yep. sales. When it, when, it, um, when it comes to video, basically you have your videos out there as their own individual assets that are building that no like and trust factor with the people that are watching them. And the more people know, like, and trust you, the more likely they are to, to, to buy from you. Now, if you level that whole thing up a notch, not only are they getting to know, like, and trust you because they keep coming back and they keep interacting with your videos, but you have these videos that are on a platform that also shows up on Google. So when you upload videos to YouTube, not only do you have the ability to tap into YouTube search and to tap into YouTube's recommendation features, which is where, the, which is where you, know, you can generate tons of traffic, but YouTube is the second largest search engine on earth compared to Google, which is the first. And if you make a video on YouTube and it performs on YouTube or you target a specific search phrase or search term on YouTube, it can also show up on Google. So basically what you're doing by uploading videos to YouTube is you're giving yourself the opportunity to tap into two of the largest search engines on planet earth that will continually drive customers to what it is that you're trying to sell regardless of what it is that you're trying to sell. You know, that actually makes perfect sense to, uh, to use the, the power of, of that relationship between Google and YouTube to, to gain access and higher search rankings, right? So that makes perfect sense. So these videos that you're shooting, how important is the equipment that you're using? Because most people say, I can't, I can't do that because I don't have a fancy camera. I don't have fancy microphones. Is that important at all? So I'm going to go against the grain on this one. And typically, I would say if you're a content creator and you're making videos about something just because you love it, then you should just start with what you have. You should just start with your phone and just, just start making the content because there's going to be a learning curve that you're going to have to go through. You probably don't have the money to invest in the equipment and things like that. And because of that, in my opinion, if you're just somebody that's making videos because you just want to make videos and you want to share like a hobby that you have and your love for that hobby, in that case, start with your phone. But in my opinion, if you're a business owner, sure, you can do it with your phone. The optics in the phone are good enough, but you need to upgrade. So you can use your phone but you need to get a microphone that you can plug into your phone, right? You need to get an app for your phone that will let you adjust your exposure, that will let you adjust your ISO so you can fine tune the image that people see instead of just relying on the auto, uh, the, the auto exposure from your phone. Um, in my opinion, you should also make sure that you get some type of, of studio lights as well because even though the phone is, you know, the optics, if you have a new iPhone, as an example, or one of the new Android phones, the optics in the phone are good enough as long as you have one of the higher end phones. The, op the options that you have or the optics in the phone, I should say, are good enough that you can make good quality content with it, but your audio still needs to sound good. So because of that, you need to be able to plug in a mic and you need to be able to adjust the settings in the phone, in the, in the video camera of the phone to make sure that the quality that you're getting out of it is good. And you also need to be able to make sure that you have enough light. Now you can hack this by just getting close to a window at your place and sitting close to that window so that you have that natural light coming in. Exactly and you, right. And then you have the, uh, the phone facing at you. And then you use the rear camera, not the front camera, because the rear cameras are always better as of right now, but I'm sure that'll change. But you always want to use the rear camera and you want to make sure that you, that you just have enough light because it needs to be well lit. It needs to, it needs to sound good and it needs to look okay because, you know, 
we're, we're living in an age of digital content. You watch Netflix, you watch Hulu, um, you're watching YouTube videos and high quality is an expectation, but quality at the very least is a base expectation. Now, okay, the reason it, that I started this whole thing with, mm -hmm. if you're a content creator, go this route, but if you're a business owner, you might want to think of other things is because I'm also a big believer in the idea of visual authority. And what that means is basically, if you're a business, you are representing your business through the video content that you make. So you're representing yourself and your business. So if, you're, if your business videos look like garbage, then that puts a poor reflection on the possible quality or service of the, or the, 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 the perception of the product or service that you have. Right, so, and that's, Ed, that's Ed's whole idea, is in that exact thing right there. Yeah, that, that perception. Said. That perception will make a world of difference because if somebody sees that you're putting out content and, and it's low effort content in terms of, hey, I'm just put this on my phone and I'm just walking around, you know, whatever. In that situation, what you're doing is you are, um, you're demonstrating that you might not go the extra mile, right? right so because right, of that, right, I right. really recommend, I really recommend that if you do have a business and if you can allocate some of your budget, at least for a month or two to get at least a, a entry level camera and a microphone and like a hundred dollar light kit, maybe a total spend of $500 or a thousand dollars can really take you a long way and really make your content look great. Now on the other side of that, you're also going to have the editing issues that you're going to have to deal with. So you're going to have to have some, one of your staff, or you're going to have to learn to do some basic editing as well um, in order to make the make the content that's coming out of your phone look great um, or to make the actual content that's coming out of a, of a nice camera look great. Either way it goes, you're going to have to go through that process. But a lot of computers have built-in editing software now that you can use. If you're on a phone, you can use apps like, uh, like Video Leap. If you're on an iPhone, is a great, easy-to-use app for editing. Um, if you are on an Android device, you can use KineMaster, so you can do it on a phone or a tablet as well. But there's great solutions out there for you these days to where you can do this stuff um, intuitively on a mobile device as well if you don't have a computer to load everything into. But at the very least, I think that, that as a business owner that you need to think of when I'm making these videos, if somebody were to watch this video, what perception does that give of my business? And if you're making them, like let's say that you're making them at home, but you're making them for your business, think of things like what's in my background? Does, right. does the way that I'm portraying myself in these videos paint a poor picture of what might be going on in my business is if I'm making videos in my office, is my desk just trashed? Is, is there stuff all over my desk? Is it disorganized? Is there some trash cleaning up or is there some trash in the corner that I need to pick up? Right? Because right. all of those things are painting an image in the minds of your viewers or potential customers, I should say, on the type of business that you run, the type of business owners that you are and the type of product or service that you might, uh, that you might be offering. So because of that, I think that what it is that they see in terms of your video quality and your audio quality is extremely important when it comes to making any business-related content. So the viewers, the viewers are potentially your customers. Yeah, so, absolutely. Without question, I mean, especially if you're making search-based content. And the, the difference in terms of tapping into YouTube's recommendations features based um, compared to search-based content. You should do both. Both should be part of your content strategy. But if you are making search-based content, that means that you're specifically targeting search terms that people are looking for that would lead them to your product or service being a solution for what it is that they're looking for. So if they have options 
between your competitors to where they give them a, a higher quality experience and you that gives them a low quality experience with what it is that you're doing, there's a really good chance that they might go with your competitor unless you have a super magnetic personality and your personality just shines through and they connect with you strictly because of your personality, which is also another thing that happens in video. <laughs> so I was actually, that, that's a great segue because this kind of ties in everything what we've been talking about uh, so far to this point. <clears throat> when you have, uh, it depends on the personality because uh, you can have people get in front of, have a great personality, get in front of the camera and freeze. Uh, and that was what I talked about a little bit uh, on, on Tuesday of this week, which is what can we do to work on those tools of being in front of the camera, right? Because no one knew how to ride a bike when they first got on it. No one knew how to drive a car. When, so there is a, a learning curve that you can develop, right? Those tools and those skills. With that said, it comes much easier for some than others. If, Without if question, take, it does. Yeah. Right. Without so question. We look at uh, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, who is all in on just him shooting from an iPhone, not really doing much editing. Yeah, he's probably doing a little bit more editing now, but when he gets in the studio, maybe. But boy, he's doing things on the fly, but he can get away with that because that's his DNA, right? Most well, not necessarily. That. One one thing that you also have to think about is before Gary V had what he has now, he also did his wine library content. And if you watch his line, his wine library content, that content he wasn't as magnetic. So basically, Especially what happened first, is you uh, can actually see the yeah. So you can see the progression of hey, he starts out here and he's just going for it versus now he's comfortable. He's comfortable being right. in that position. So <laughs> a lot of content creators, if you go to any of your favorite YouTube channels and you go and you go to their videos page, there's a little filter on there where you can search by most popular, you can search by newest, or you can search by oldest. If you select oldest, then you're gonna see the first videos that they put out and you're gonna see <clears throat> the transition that they went through on when they first went on video compared to what it is that they're doing now. And the reason that it's important to do that, especially if you're just getting started on video, exactly. is because oh, yeah. you're comparing yourself and how you are on video to, to a finished product. the videos that get recommended to you by experienced right. content creators, people that have been doing it for a while and that are good at it. And, and you know they're good at it because people are responding to their videos, which causes YouTube to show them to you in the first place, right? So because exactly. of that, it's important to go and look at when this person was first getting started, how were they in their content then, right? Were they, were they struggling? Was their stuff awkward just like mine is? Because every content creator, when you first start out in most cases, um, because of course there's always those, the, the anomalies, right? The ones that, that come on and they just nail it right out of the gate. But sure, in sure. almost all cases, the first videos that you put out are going to just be just horrid. They're going to be horrid. Your presentation's going to going to be rough. The quality is probably not going to be great. The editing's not going to be fantastic. But as you go through the process and you keep going, it just like anything else, right? It's going to be better, right? It's going to get better because you're going to notice. Oh, when I do this, it works better. When I say things like this, I'm more comfortable. I thought writing scripts was going to be my jam, and <laughs> it really made me come across as uncomfortable. But now I realize after trying some different things that if I just use bullet points instead, that I'm a lot right. more natural on camera and that I express myself in a more natural way. But through practice, you get to identify those things so that you ultimately end up making really good content. It's interesting because I've actually been a big advocate of people and, and I'm, I belong in a number of groups and people are asking me, so I, we need to get on video now that we're stuck at home and all of this, you know, but I, I don't, 
I don't like it. Of course, nobody likes it. Nobody likes what they sound like. Nobody likes what they look like. You have to get over that, right? Get over yourself. I said, start, open a, a, a Snapchat or TikTok account and start doing these. Few people are going to actually see them initially anyway, one. Number two, they disappear in a day, two, and you can get used to uh, being in front of a camera and finding that groove, right? What What are your thoughts on that? I totally agree. Because, you know, like I was saying with everything, you know, practice is what fixes most problems in situations like that. So, um, so doing that with TikTok or Snapchat, getting used to doing Facebook stories. I mean, everybody's right now with the current situation in the world, everybody's video conferencing and things like that anyway. Right. So do more of that because really when you're making a video, all you're doing is video conferencing, but just in one way. That's it. Right. So it's a little bit more planned, of course, but you're just video conferencing in one way, really. Because if you look at the camera, like, hey, I'm just talking to a buddy of mine, it can completely shift the way that you present, right? Of course, it's always good to kind of amp yourself up a little bit or just kind of give a little bit more up to what it is that you're going because the camera does take away a little bit of energy. So it's, it's right. always good to kind of give just a little bit of extra energy to it. Um, however, when it comes to YouTube, because the content there doesn't go away in a day or two days like some of the other platforms, right? It, you can still delete videos, right? Like as your content gets better, you can go through your back library and if, if, if it's not getting a lot of views or if it's something you don't like, just delete it. Right. Like right. just because it goes on YouTube doesn't mean that you have it to keep it on the channel forever. Right. So you can always delete that. You can also, if you want to practice, and this is what I did when I first got started, because I didn't want to be on camera either. So when I first started, um, I went through the process. I made about 10 videos and I fully edited the videos, did everything. And I didn't even put them on YouTube. Right. And then after that, I made another 10 videos of videos that were going to go onto YouTube. And the very first one of those was actually a video about how to overcome camera shyness. And in that video, I talk about all of the things. I talk about what if somebody that I know sees it and they give me a hard time about it? What if I get mean right. comments? What if I say something that makes me look stupid? What if, what if uh, you know, visually people just don't respond to me well? What if, you know, and I have this big list of all these things that we all struggle right, with right. taking that leap to be on camera. Um, so definitely, you know, it, it's something that, that a lot of people struggle with, but if people like myself can overcome it, because I'm, it might not seem like it in my YouTube videos, and because I'm on stages giving presentations and things like that. However, if you put me in a party situation, I'm that guy in the corner that's not talking to anybody. That's just kind of waiting and hoping that somebody will come over and talk to me because I'm like a massive introvert. I'm not somebody that goes out and, and, and goes through that process of, hey, let's go and network with everybody at this party. I'm just not that kind of person, right? But when I'm on camera, because I went through that process that I'm talking about in terms of video after video after video, you know, on video, it seems like I'm outgoing and I'm charismatic and all that good stuff, but it's just because it's a muscle that I've developed. When right. the cameras come exactly. on, it doesn't matter if I'm live streaming, if I'm making a video or if it's an interview, whatever it is, when the camera comes on, that side of myself that has gotten used to being on camera helps me get through the introvert part of, of my personality and make sure that, or ensures that, that I deliver uh, content in a way that people enjoy. So you are not on stage at Social Media Marketing World live karaoke at that one party? Absolutely not. Yeah, karaoke. See, I, I've done karaoke once and I probably won't do karaoke again and I have no problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> so uh, I was. <laughs> I did go up on stage because I was bound and determined to outdo Joel Kahn this year. I think nice. I got pretty close. Yeah, nice. exactly. So, um, 
You talked about the front camera and the back camera uh, on your phone. Just to clarify. You're the back camera is the one where you can't see yourself. There's two advantages of using that camera. One is it's a higher quality camera. They always put the higher quality stuff on the back because you use the screen as the actual thing that you're seeing what, what's coming through the camera. So they always, right. put, they always put that one on the, on the back, right? Um, and the other bonus is it keeps you from looking at yourself. Because exactly. a big problem that people have when they first start making videos is they look at themselves <clears throat> instead of looking at the lens. So it's when you're a, using exactly. the back camera, there's nothing to look at. The only choice that you have is to look at the lens. So it's kind of like it's a hack to, to, work against, uh, to, to work against that mistake as well. Plus, uh, it's not uh, mirrored, right? It's, it's actually showing the words, right. any words that are there, anything on your t-shirt is going to be the right way as opposed to backwards. Yeah. Super important. Have you noticed any censorship issues with YouTube? Um, censorship, sure. Um, you know, of course, you know, they, they canned Alex Jones. You know, they deleted his channel. Um, they, they've, they've suppressed um, a lot of conspiracy-related channels. Um, any channels where people are trying to mislead people in any way and get them to think or do bad things, of course, you know, they, they kind of put a, um, a little bit of a, of a cap on those. Um, mm -hmm. I know that the crypto world has had some issues lately, but they kind of, they undid those, but then every now and then you'll have another one pop up. Sure. But, but in terms of hardcore censorship, not really. Like one thing that, that I get a lot because of who it is that I make content for is I'll get, Hey, I have a small channel. So YouTube isn't showing my content to anybody. They're holding me back. They're not, you know, they're, they're like, it's because of YouTube that my channel isn't doing well. But <laughs> right. It's that's not the case. Um, the, the the case if your channel isn't doing well, it's because you haven't developed the ability yet to get a good response from people that are running across your content. That means you can't get right. them to click. If they do click, you can't get them to watch. If they watch, you can't get them to further engage. So exactly. those are those are one. You're having a problem in one of those areas or in all three. Um, if, uh, if 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 YouTube isn't showing your content to anybody. So YouTube doesn't have any agenda to purposely hold down small channels. There's, there's channels that get a million views or a million subscribers even from like one, you know, one to five videos on them. So there's zero logic whatsoever to YouTube holding down uh, small channels. Gotcha. I've so actually worked you... with, I've actually worked with a channel that started, um, they started mid uh, 2018. And now in mid 2019, almost mid 2019, they have uh, almost 2 million subscribers. It's like 1.9 million subscribers. So and wow. like roughly, you know, uh, two years, been able, to generate, uh, been able to generate that kind of activity. That's fantastic. A couple more questions then we'll wrap up. So Nick, you are at the end of your work day. So you're, but you, I, I hear the energy still in your voice. I'm at the beginning of my work day. And I'm mustering everything I can to have energy. It's a very interesting dynamic. You've already talked about why YouTube, because of the relationship, obviously, with Google and that power, right? Um, how about other platforms that you can encourage people to maybe have a, a, a video presence on, whether it's live or recorded and, and then posted? Um, I personally love live streaming, and I love, and I love video content. Um, but YouTube is my jam. Um, I'm, I've right. always been a, a, a fan of YouTube in terms of uploading content to it. And that's again, because when you publish a video to YouTube, it stays there indefinitely. Um, you have the ability to rank in YouTube search. You have the ability to rank in all of the other search engines. 
In addition to that, you also have the ability to tap into YouTube's recommendation features. So in terms of traffic and bringing exposure to what it is that you're doing, even though it can be difficult to get started because there is a lot of things that you need to, sure. to, to get good at in order to really get serious, massive results on YouTube. And by massive, I don't mean um, uh, you know millions of subscribers and millions of views. I mean, in order to get, let's say, a thousand views on every video that you put up. That's massive. Right. And that's difficult. And most people can't even accomplish that. So in order to get a thousand eyeballs on every video that you publish, there's going to be a, a, a period of time that you're going to have to develop some skills in terms of, I got to make thumbnails that people click on, got to make videos that people watch for an extended period of time. And I got to get people interacting with what it is that I'm doing. That takes some skill development. So um, because of that, there is a learning curve that comes with YouTube. But once you get through that, that learning curve, YouTube can essentially turn into a cash machine for you and your business. And the reason for that is because, especially if you're targeting search or if you get really good at the recommendation features, if you put out content that is a solution for people to where your products or services are a solution for people for specific things, those videos are working for you day and night for years and years to come. My very first video on YouTube, right now it has 10,000 views on it. That video still drives people into my email list, which drives them into everything else that I do. So Your that video that I uploaded on September of 2014 wow. still brings people into my sphere and still brings me customers to this day. And I have over 400 videos on my channel. So you can do the math um, right. on that with all the different things that I promote as an affiliate, with all the different things that I do personally on the digital side that I bring attention to with driving people into an email list and so on. So because of that, um, YouTube, in terms of a long-term asset and a long-term strategy, is without question a humongous win over everything else, in my opinion. Now, with that said, Facebook, absolutely, still powerful if your audience is there. If the people that you're trying to reach are on Facebook, put your content on Facebook too. Live stream on Facebook. If the people that you're trying to reach, if, if more of them are on LinkedIn, then start putting up native content on LinkedIn, native video content there, so that you can start applying for their live streaming as you start getting consistent views coming in on your, on your videos so that you can apply for their live streaming over there as well. Um, in terms of TikTok, people are making money on TikTok, but when it comes to driving sales to your business, you have to think, okay, is my, is, are the people that I'm trying to reach on TikTok? If so, then make content for TikTok also. So what, one approach when it comes to all these different platforms is you have to think about one, respecting the platform, because I know a lot of people are a fan of repurposing, and I am to an extent, but I also like to respect the platform and the type of experience exactly. people expect on the different platforms. So because of that, when you're uploading to all these different platforms, just think about your bandwidth. <laughs> like, okay, can I make a piece of content that's made for this platform to give the people that are on this platform and expecting a certain type of content, can I give them that experience on this platform? If the answer is yes, and you can handle it in terms of the bandwidth and the workload, then upload there too, as long as your audience is there. Because with all of these things, like people used to advertise a lot in newspapers and TV and the phone books and all that, because right, that was right. the way to get in front of people at those points in time. And they still are to an extent, but everybody's on social media. It doesn't matter how old people are. It doesn't matter how young people are. Everybody's on the internet. And all of these different platforms are where all the traffic's at. So because of that, if you are a business owner and you want to protect yourself going into the future, you need to start tapping into these platforms, be it YouTube or Facebook or whatever it is. But you, I can tell you this, YouTube is doing everything they can right now to constantly include new features and to 
create a better experience for their users so that it can maintain itself as a long-term platform because the amount of video traffic and typically I have this stat, but it's escaping me off the top of my head right now, but no all of the internet, all of the internet traffic um, or out of all of the internet traffic, um, it's something crazy, like 80 something percent of that within the next year or two um, is supposed to be video traffic is expected to be video traffic. And that's, that's from a, a prediction put out by Cisco. Um, but that's massive. And if yeah, you're not tapping yeah, into is. that, if you're not tapping into that, you, you might miss the boat and you might not necessarily miss the boat, but your competitor who does tap into that is going to steal customers from you left and right. So because of that, in my opinion, it's really important to figure out the platforms that you can make content for and start producing content for them. But I really think that YouTube needs to be in there somewhere. So if you are putting out video content or you are putting out live streaming content, you do need to make YouTube one of those or, or, or one, one asset for, for your business. And, and again, because of the ability for people to stumble upon that content for a long time to come, those videos that you put out today will still bring you customers five years from now. The videos that you put out today will still bring leads to you five years from now. Those videos that you put out today will still create additional opportunities for you that you might not even be thinking about right now. Right. As an example, you know, like Phil mentioned earlier, I present now at, you know, these social media conferences and, you know, SEO conferences and stuff like that. But that was, that was nowhere in my wheelhouse in terms of my, my game plan. Hey, okay, I'm going to do this with the channel and this is how I'm going to generate income from it and all that. Like when I, when I made that blueprint, public speaking was, was, wasn't even like, that was nowhere in, in, in my, in my mind. It just kind of happened through opportunity that led to another opportunity that led to another opportunity Mm -hmm. that, that, that turned it into a thing. So if you start uploading content to YouTube, you don't know the company because you never know who's going to see the content you're putting out there. So if you have a small business, you don't know that there might be somebody that's in your audience that's watching your videos and they dig you because they keep watching your content. They dig the product or service that you offer and they want to come in and they want to invest in what it is that you're doing. And they want to, you know, try to do something major with your, with your company. If you're not already, Um, you don't know who's going to be watching that content and that's want to make an order so big that it's going to be a game changer for your business and for your life because they just happen to work for some major corporation that has a huge distribution that can get your product in front of the right people that will just make your company explode. Like you don't know who it is that's in the audience. And because of that, making strategic moves in terms of, you know, I'm going to make these, this type of content in order to get in front of the right people that'll actually buy my stuff. In addition to that, you don't know who those people are that are watching the content um, that you're putting out. So because right. of that, I, I really think that, that, that YouTube should be a part of, of any marketing plan that, that, you're, that you're doing. Uh, I had an uncle who was a very good bass player, uh, played in a blues band in Seattle, one of the best bass players in Seattle back in the day. And uh, I would ask how his gig went the night before. He said, ah, you know, maybe 10 or 15 people there. I'm like, oh, you did. So does that affect the way he plays? Like, nope. One of those 10 or 15 people could be a record producer. So you always want to put your best stuff out. And I've asked people, if I could give you uh, just a, just a, an idea of what you can do with just a little bit of effort that would just grow your business crazy, would you be interested in They're Like, yes, like, get into video. And they're like, oh, no, I can't do that. If you 
go about actually pushing away something that could help your business, probably not a great business owner. You need to get over that aspect. As a small business owner, and we're all dealing with this right now, we have to figure out where we're going to pivot, if we're going to pivot, where we're going to pivot, how we're going to pivot. And, and being a business owner, you are pivoting all the time. And so sometimes it's a knee-jerk reaction. You got to stay away from those. Other times it's, a, it's vital you make that move. What you did is you, look, you can't predict. You don't know what you don't know, right? And this right. ended up being a good deal for you to go on these speaking gigs, right? But you kept your eyes open and ears open and this presented itself. You could never actually project out there. I mean, you, some people can, but that's let me give you another example. Yeah, for sure. So, so I, so I worked with a um, with a channel who does electric car news, and that channel, when it was relatively small, um, he reached out and he's like, "Hey, I'm trying to, you know, get this channel going." So I'm like, "Okay, um, what is it you're trying to accomplish?" And basically, he wanted to do it. He worked at Oracle at the time, and he wanted to basically turn it into a full time thing so he could get away from Oracle. And he wanted to be prominent in the electric car industry in terms of somebody that would be able to reach out and connect with important people, um, known, right? So basically, we rebranded his channel. Um, we changed the, t- the content type that he was doing. And he stayed on that plan for a while. And within a really short period of time, um, he was able to get sponsorship deals um, that, that more than matched his uh, income that he was getting at Oracle, which was sizable because he lives in California. Um, but the... To, to get that. Um, and he also got into a position to where now he is um, able to like email and reach out to some of them. He even has their numbers to where he could actually call them um, wow. uh, with these electric car CEOs. Uh, Elon Musk isn't on the list yet. However, a lot of the other <laughs> prominent ones are from different car manufacturers around the world. Sure. And they fly him all over the place to all these you know major events um, that are happening in the electric car world. And he has become that simply by a handful of people that were in the electric car industry kept watching his electric car content. And then he started noticing that some of these CEOs are adding him on LinkedIn. So then he started reaching out to him on LinkedIn. And then now, you know, the doors are completely open to him in terms of, you know, trying to get into the different events and having them fly him to different places and things like that. Now his small business was, or is now YouTube, but what I'm getting at is even with your with your business, like we were saying before, the people that are in your audience, like you don't know the doors that can open from from doing it. Right. So because of that, you know, I, I really recommend that you at least give it a shot. But one thing that I also want to, um, just a, a road that I'd like to walk down really fast, if it's okay yes, with you, Phil, please. is Absolutely. that when it comes to making video, I know that there's the intimidation side of right. one being on camera, but two, there is a lot of tech involved if you do start getting the nicer cameras and things like that. So I would like to encourage you to, at the very least, because it is a process, um, I encourage you at the very least to start now with making videos, even if it means that you're not going to publish them anywhere and you're just going to keep them in your phone, you're going to delete them after you make them, go ahead and start. Um, And you can even start like as soon as you're finished listening to this podcast, literally just walk in the other room if you happen to be, you know, at work or if you're at home, walk into a place Mm -hmm. where you're going to be by yourself and literally turn on your phone, turn on the back camera, hit record. And literally just start talking about your business, start talking about what it is that you offer and start talking about one of your products and introduce yourself and talk about who you are and, and start going through that process of just practicing being on camera and talking to the camera because it can be difficult. There are hurdles that you're going to have to overcome, um, but the only way that you're going to overcome them is by practice. So I really recommend Actually that after you, after, you, yeah, after you listen to this, 
that you just go ahead and start that process because the only way that you're going to be able to fully utilize video is if you start generating some momentum and the very first step in momentum is taking action. So because of that, go ahead and just start recording some videos of yourself, even if you're not going to publish them, even if you delete them after you even, you know, after you record it, just go ahead and start that, start taking action now on making content so that you can start generating that momentum into the future. And, you know, by all means, when you actually take that step and post something and you're not seeing scads of people, don't stop. It takes perseverance and consistency. I, I'm often asked, how can I get, you know, 100,000 followers on Twitter? I'm like, why is that number so important? I just love the big number. People see a big number, then they know it's like, out of those 100,000 followers, only 1,000 are going to be worth anything anyway. Why don't you just go for a thousand followers and just skip the <laughs> In addition to that, I guarantee yeah. you that a thousand dedicated people on YouTube are way more valuable to your to your bottom line as a business owner than a hundred thousand followers on Twitter. Guarantee you. Without question. Right. And I was using the Twitter reference as an example, but sure. But it, it's it's really never about the number. It's about the quality of, of who you right. have, right? And it's about your so, goals too. You know, like, right. like another thing, a huge mistake that a lot of business owners make is they'll go onto YouTube and they're looking at their subscriber counts and they're looking at their view counts. I mean, of course that stuff matters because the more views sure. you get, the more exposure you get. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if you're, if you're, purpose of being on YouTube and uploading content to YouTube is to drive sales and leads. That should be the only thing that you're measuring. If I'm getting, if I'm getting X amount of views, I can turn that X amount of views into X amount of leads or sales. Then that's what you should be. That's what you should be measuring on YouTube instead of getting caught up in how many people are subscribing to the channel. Because right. these days the way YouTube works, the subscriber count isn't as important anymore because if somebody watches three year videos, then YouTube is going to show them your content anyway. So because of gotcha. that, the most important thing to get them to do is just watch more content. Um, but as a business owner, of course, you want to convert them into leads or sales. So, exactly. um, so focus all of your efforts on that being your KPI instead of just the view count or just the subscriber count, because those things can discourage you and make you make bad decisions when it comes to your YouTube channel, instead of focusing on the main reason that you started the YouTube channel in the first place, which is to generate leads or sales. Nick, this has been outstanding. Thank you very much. I know you are really good at responding to questions that people have in general. Absolutely. Fact, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, if anyone has any questions or wants to request a topic or tutorial, if they have any questions for you, don't they just like leave a comment on any of your uh, videos with a hashtag uh, Niminati? Yeah, so you can leave a comment on my video. Um, that will most likely get it. Um, but, it, but if you have something specific and you're like, hey, like I'm really wanting to, you know, get some good information on this. Right now, I'm actually giving more long form answers through my podcast, um, Comments oh, good, Over Coffee. Good. Yeah, so, so a better way to get, instead of me just typing something out real quick as an as a answer and a comment, um, I recommend that you actually go and you fill out the form on the commentsovercoffee.com website. And Beautiful. basically that form, if you just go to the contact page, you can submit your question there. And then as they come in, one, I'll see the email and I might just reply to you directly out of the email or right. I might make an entire episode out of it so we can help even more people with the question that you have. Because if you have it, a lot of, a lot of other people have it as well. So, so I might make it like an entire episode about it. And that's the same with us. If anybody has any comments, please ask. We are always looking to answer the right questions here at the Business Buffet. So uh, where can folks, uh, get to, is it just the website you just said, or is there uh, nicknimmon.com? 
Yeah, just my name, Nick Nimmin, N-I-C-K-N-I-M-M-I-N.com. And then everything, you know, that will send you to Tuber Tools. That'll send you to my YouTube channel, my podcast, all the stuff that I'm involved with. You can find it all there. Fantastic. Nick, thank you so much. It's about your bedtime. Uh, thank you, Phil. I appreciate I appreciate you having me on. Um, it's been awesome, you know, hanging out and talking to you. Hope to see you again here soon. Uh, you know, at another conference in the in the near future. And yeah, it's 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 almost eleven o'clock here, but I'm a night owl. So this is this is right up my alley. I'm just hitting my stride right now. <laughs> well, for those in the Coeur d'Alene area, Shelly and I are still trying to get Nick here from Thailand. It's a little different uh, thing, and we have to string a whole bunch of other every the, the moons have to align perfect. To get yeah. Nick here to speak at our, our conference, but we're holding out that that can happen. So, Nick, thank you very much. Keep on keeping on. So, have a great day and thanks for listening. This episode is sponsored by Northwest Pet Resort. We are the Inland Northwest premier one stop shop for your furry friends. Founded on fulfilling the health and happiness of your dog, Northwest Pet Resort has been building relationships since 2010. Offering boarding, daycare, grooming, and a place for all your shopping needs, Northwest Pet Resort is here for you. It is so important for us to help you enrich your pet's life. Check us out at nwpetresort.com. We look forward to meeting you and your pet. Northwest Pet Resort, how can we make your tail wag today? Thank you for listening to the Business Buffet Ingredients. We hope we tempted your business taste buds with something sweet. Please share this podcast with your friends and show them that you are the smartest person in the room. Visit businessbuffet.page and sample all the flavors of the Business Buffet. We hope you eat hearty in business.